0: einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know, ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Welcome, welcome to my podcast, Patrick. Oh, thanks, uh, George. How are you? I'm doing well. It's really nice that you agreed to come sit down with me as a fellow teacher. Uh, Sometimes I try to give advice to my students and sometimes I feel like it falls on deaf ears. (laughs) But if they hear it from another teacher, maybe they'll
1: believe me. Understood. Uh, I'll Uh, I'll do my best um, to uh, support you in uh, helping your students. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about
0: where you're from, and a little bit about your teaching journey. How long have you been doing it for?
1: Great. Yeah, uh, I am originally from New York. I was born and raised in New York, even though yeah, my parents are originally immigrants to the U.S. from Haiti, AIT. Um, and I started teaching back in 2008 uh, as a way to start a new career outside of um, technology, because before that I was an engineer working for startups. So you've been
0: doing this for much longer than I
1: have. (laughs) What are the things that you enjoy about teaching? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I like being able to help my students uh, improve over time. So I I like to have long-standing relationships with my students and, and I hate to say it, some of them become my friends. You know, that's, uh, it might be a faux pas, but, you know, that's one of the best parts about being a teacher for English as a uh, foreign language. You you know, you get to travel and, and if you're lucky, uh, if you do it long enough, some of your students become friends, you know, good friends and you learn from them too. That has been my
0: experience as well. Uh, I don't know if it is a faux pas or not, but (laughs) for me, I don't think I would be able to enjoy this work if it was simply about teaching grammar and vocabulary and pronunciation. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think uh,
1: as uh, you've probably experienced, uh, you get more out of your students when they can see that you're involved in their journey to improve, you know, And, and it's not just about a paycheck or whatever, you know.
0: No, exactly. And I think the students, they notice when you do it simply because it's it's a paycheck, like you said, or because you're actually interested in them yep. and in them succeeding and in them reaching not only language goals but all types of, of goals in their lives.
1: Understood. Yeah. So for me, uh, that that kept me in the game, even though I started, you know, I had a rough start teaching first in France and then in New York, and uh, and teaching in students of different levels so it was always a struggle to find a, a repertoire that could be successful with uh, the levels that i had to teach uh, back in new york and uh, and then obviously i ended up moving back to europe to germany in 2011 and um, and that's when you know i really started teaching full time and uh, trying to make it into a real business in a sense for me to support myself as I was trying to finish a master's as well in, in, in Germany. Um, and that's where my journey really got more difficult in terms of deciding whether teaching was going to be my full-time career or not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I imagine at the beginning,
0: did you take all levels of students or did you focus on a particular type of student?
1: In the beginning, I took all levels because uh, I was doing it uh, to support myself in the middle of doing a master's degree, and I could not say no. I had to say yes to build up my skills as a teacher and to, to be able to, to bring in enough income to take care of myself. And, and it taught me so much because I started off with my own online website for teaching English, and I would get a couple of students here and there, and then eventually I had to teach offline as well. And then I ended up teaching for Berlitz. Uh, I would also do kids camps for Berlitz. Uh, And then later on, I would do work with the Schultz house here in Freiburg. And that was where I really had a lot of opportunities to teach offline and all different levels from high school kids to adults. Yeah. So you've done you've done it all. I wish. Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of teaching of different, you know, levels and and different backgrounds. Uh, I, I feel like that gave me a little bit of an advantage to teachers who are coming in cold just teaching for the first time in Europe. But it was a great opportunity that I got. And But it took years to to feel comfortable in front of the classroom because I'm basically an introvert, you know, (laughs) So, as an engineer originally, I was never used to really teaching uh, an audience, but when, you know, you want to do it and you know, this is something that uh, is going to help the students you try to put yourself in the right mindset, not to let your nervousness take over, even though, you know, you're learning on the job in the beginning and then later on you have a, a set of skills that you can, provide your students with uh, better answers because that's always the toughest part students always come up with crazy questions or not crazy but standard questions but as a new teacher they're crazy to you because you know you you usually come to teaching especially English as a, a native speaker as thinking that these things are just the way they are right and and you have to learn actually your own language and the grammar behind it and the reasons why the grammar exists the way it does And then you have to impart that to your students to to give them a feeling of confidence that you know what you're
0: talking about. Absolutely. No, I've gotten those questions, especially at the beginning. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Like I just took it as this is how it is. But my German students, they want to know why. Exactly. So now I give the why. (laughs) Like today, one of my students, he said to me, uh, I was teaching him the difference between adjectives and adverbs. He's like, George, why do I need to know this? Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> let's talk about it, right? Now yeah. I can give that answer. But I remember at the beginning, I, I was like, oh, I, I just thought this is just the way it is,
1: right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and that's where the challenge comes, that when you're teaching a subject for the day or for just a class, you have to be prepared to answer questions. And, and as a new teacher, it almost never comes to your mind that that these questions will come up. But uh, the, the great thing is that Um, If you're prepared enough, you can use your lesson plan to 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 already get rid of most of or 80 percent of the questions from the beginning. Right. And it's just that those extra questions that come up during um, the exercises and so on, you know, that that you have to be ready for. But of course, it's always good to be humble. If you don't have the answer right there, you can just tell them, look, you know, let me get back to you on that because I want to give you the correct answer. I don't want to just, you know, make up something right now, you know. <laughs> and that's important because right? sometimes we fall into the trap of, oh, I,
0: I can't admit that I don't know. So I make something up. Yeah, but if I don't know, I don't know. And I say, hey, you know what? Let me, let me look on Google. Like, and Google is my best friend. <laughs> I don't have all of the
1: answers, but I know how to find something on Google very quickly. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And 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 for me, too, it's a tool for me, too, because uh, I'm a little bit dyslexic. So sometimes if I reach a point where I'm trying to explain something and and I have to write a paragraph and uh, there's a word that I know is not properly spelled because, you know, in English, not everything is spelled phonetically. I, I, I do check before <laughs> putting it on the board to make sure I have it uh, in my mind, you know, correct and so on. So, yeah. yeah so doing things the right way and not giving false information to your students is, uh, is a basic thing. But when you're in the, I call it, if you're on the firing line, you know, you're in the middle of teaching a lesson, um, you can't have everything 100% prepared. You know, it's just not possible.
0: And I think students will appreciate when you say, hey, you know what, I don't know, but I can find it out for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'll come
0: back and I'll exactly. give you an answer. It exactly. shows that I, I want to do my job well. I don't just want to tell you things so that you stop asking.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I think that's what always helped me to, to stay, um, to have popular courses, you know, because that's something you want students to be repeat. I hate to say repeat customers, but that's what you are as an independent contractor and a teacher. You, you want students to feel comfortable working with you. And if you have that feeling that, hey, I always want to do my best and I want to push my students to do their best, then you, you're going to take some risk and do some courses in the beginning that you're probably not 100% um, the expert on. But after you teach it, then suddenly you become the expert because now, now you understand where the questions and the issues will come. And and then you get to teach it over and over again. And then you really have an idea of um, how to impart the information about that particular subject that you want to teach for the the course, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So right now we focus on the teaching side of it, like the part that you and I do, but I'd like to move towards the student side. Okay. I recently, I published an episode about the differences between my students who are successful at learning and improving and those who are not successful. And And I gave some characteristics of these students. From your experience, what have you seen? Is there a pattern when you look at
1: the students that have been successful when working with you? Well, when working with me, I can particularly say the ones who are consistent, even if it's not that they're 100% focused every class, but they stay consistent. Uh, They come to class prepared in the sense that they at least Looked at a video I sent them because I I, I like visuals more than um, written work. You know, I I like to teach conversation courses now that I'm, I've been teaching for a while now. Uh, but, but if, if it requires, uh, for instance, if I'm teaching a course on the Abitur for English, then of course there's going to be written written work, but the, the students that are prepared and do some of the homework or all of the homework that I give them, and then we can go through it in class and, and really, you know, go over their mistakes, those are the ones who do better on these exams that come up, or they're the ones who improve over time. The, uh, and I, and I, I prefer to say stay consistent and do what you can than try to get everything done all at once. You know, you know, I think there are a lot of students that come in with a lot of energy in the beginning, and then somehow they fizzle out because they, they, they don't understand that this is a marathon, not a you know, sprint, you know, to, to, to learn a language and improve.
0: I always like to tell my students the story of the tortoise and the hare. Do yeah. you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell them be the tortoise, not the hare, because I've seen it. Their students who come like, oh, "Okay, George, I'm motivated. I'm going to do it," and then yeah. they'll go hard for two weeks. Yeah, okay. every day. Oh, I'm doing one hour every day. I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down. But then after two weeks, nothing. You hear nothing from them for four weeks, and then exactly. And I said, no, uh, it doesn't work that way. You need to be slow and steady, slow and steady. That 1% rule, every day you want to make a small improvement.
1: I agree, 100%, especially when it comes to someone who has no goal per se in mind, like taking an exam. That always motivates a student to focus for a short period of time. But if someone is doing it for lifelong learning, which is what I end up seeing um, nowadays with the, the website I, I run, um they're going to have to think incrementally and about the long game because it's going to be years of learning and improving that has to happen and and i i'm i'm lucky enough to have seen some of my students that i've been with i hate to say it for like 6 7 years and then you see and i can remember how bad you know you know how badly they spoke in the beginning and then how much better they are after all those years but it wasn't because they suddenly did a great leap or they traveled or something like that. It was because they were consistent over all that period.
0: Patience and consistency. That's right? yep. my favorite phrase. Yep.
1: yep. Patience I totally and consistency. Agree.
0: Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, George, I want to like know everything perfectly. Like a, a new student I started with, he said, George, do you think I can be a native speaker? I said, whoa, we just started. <laughs> 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 and, and and sometimes they just like want to run before they know how to crawl. Exactly, and, exactly. And say, Come on, we got to crawl. We got to yeah. take our time here. This is, like you said, a marathon. Yeah. yeah. So I, I agree 100%. Those who are consistent, those who do take those little steps on a consistent basis, over time, they see the results. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you try to do too much at once, you burn out. 100%. What are, what are your thoughts about motivation? I'll kind of explain the way I, I used to think about it and the way I think about it today. I used to think that I, my job was to motivate. Come on, mm. you can do it and encourage. But I find that motivation is very short-lived. And now I'm much more interested in teaching habits and systems and methods and creating strategies for learning. Because if I leave it up to motivation and, oh, today I'm motivated, I'm going to do some English. Tomorrow I'm not motivated, I won't do anything. I won't see that
1: consistency. What are your thoughts on that? See, every student has a point that brought them to your course, right? And you have to kind of get to know your student's pain point to get them a little bit interested in what you're trying to do with them. Because, and sometimes it could be that, yeah, it's if, if the motivation is not intrinsic within them, then you have to find a way to to create some extrinsic motivation, some some kind of situation where they're being pushed to improve based on a goal that that you maybe have to set for them. You know, and and I, I I've always seen with my teaching style that you can't force of a person to be motivated, right? But you can create a course that at least gets them interested, you know, in the the subject. And and that's great with one-on-one lessons, right? When you have an individual lesson, you can figure out what motivates your student better than with a group. With a group, then you have to be a little bit more neutral about the fact that some students will be motivated and some won't. And uh, I, I tend to, to like, uh, the idea is I try to, Provide a space for my students to to enjoy the lessons as a group. If if it's a group lesson, and so then the motivation should come in coming to the class, you know. And that's the best I can do for them. Make make learning fun and 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 easy for them, right? Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Like,
0: I think maybe I exaggerated on that point because ultimately I want my students to have fun with the process of learning. Mm-hmm. If it's not fun they're not going to stick around. They're not going to stick to it for very long. So as much as possible, I try to bring energy when I speak to them. I try to ask them engaging, interesting questions, uh, create certain activities that they are. Oh, okay, that's fun. I'll play games with them. I don't know if you've ever used Kahoot! So, I do Kahoot games with them, challenges where Very they'll nice. also compete against other students. And they're like, oh, George, I want to be the best. I want to win. I'm like, okay, cool. So, yeah, motivation is still there, but I don't focus as much on it as I used to at the beginning because I yeah. felt like I was always disappointed.
1: I could see because you're so, you're a uh, high energy person, right? So, mm-hmm. for you, uh, you, you want to be more like a trainer, like, you know. Yes. Yes, yes. I understand And there, and that's also the thing, right? Not every student, you know, it's like, you have to figure out how you can vibe certain students want a trainer and certain students just want to have fun, you know? And, uh, and then you have to figure out as a teacher, you have to be a chameleon, so to speak, you know, uh, to, to kind of fit into the world of your, the group of students or the student that you have at the moment, you know, and, uh, and that's a that's a huge challenge you know as a teacher and 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 and, and that's how i've been able to 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 keep a, you know a large group of students motivated together because i try to create this environment for them to 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 work with each other right and and then for me then it becomes more about just keeping the group you know excited to 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 learn together but the individuals when i teach as a tutor an individual tutor for English then it becomes more about finding what really you know gets my student to to pay attention in the individual lessons and so on and uh, and if I can't find that then of course I'm okay with them you know working with another teacher because maybe I, the, the fit is not right and uh, and I learned that a long time ago sometimes yeah your, your students may out, may even outgrow you and you have to accept that sometimes too so it's it's a it's a little bit like If they're not motivated anymore, maybe because they've seen your whole, um, you know, all your tricks, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And, and I think, yeah, that is a good point where maybe it's time for them to move on. Because uh, for example, my students always tell me, George, it's very easy to understand you. But then I watch a movie or I I speak to someone from England and then I'm lost. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. And, And I say, yeah, no, that is true. Especially during my lessons, I do adjust the way I speak. Yeah, you have Um, to grade. Exactly. But then it becomes they get so used to my voice that they can understand everything I say. And then that's one of the reasons why I said, okay, I really have to focus on doing interviews for my podcast. (laughs) Because I need my students to listen to different voices, different accents, so that they can get accustomed to, oh yeah, there's other ways to pronounce words and also the pace and the speed of it so this is great today our episode is
1: with a new yorker yeah it's a special one <laughs> yeah the we i tend to have that problem if i'm not in a, the teaching mode i speak very quickly so so hopefully your students no you, you speak understand. very clearly yeah thanks man thanks
0: can you tell us about your website this is, oh, uh, yeah. I, I want to know more about the project and, and how how it's going. Yeah, uh,
1: it's a, a little bit of a passion project. Myself and my um, business partner, Jeff Berroes, we started Learn Easy back as an idea in, in 2016 while we were both working for the Carl Schultz house here in Freiburg. Shout out to them for connecting us. <laughs> uh, we thought we wanted to have a community of online teachers that could support each other and really provide fun and creative lessons online and 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 make it so that the teachers also, I hate to say it, would feel valued by the website. Uh, unfortunately, uh, online teaching, uh, you might have experienced that yourself. Um, they mo- Many of these sites are more like marketplaces for teachers and not schools. So you don't really interact with other teachers. You don't really have the opportunity to, you know, bounce ideas from your colleagues and so on. You're just basically selling yourself as a commodity on a site. Um, And so for us, that's how we started with our original idea. And now it's been, yeah, yeah, almost five years where our little hobby, you know, is still going. And uh, we pushed on to trying to not just give online courses, but also provide offline courses uh, in different languages. We have teachers for, uh, of course, English. French, Italian, and German. So, so lots of language courses, but we also want to get into teaching courses that are a little bit more focused on businesses and, but, you know, in a social way, like social entrepreneurship, team building, and so on. And we're pushing in in that direction so that, you know, we can be a school where, you, you know, you'll get a lot of opportunities if you're not just an individual, but also a company to provide your your yourself or your colleagues with uh, great teachers, you know, who are motivated <laughs> to, to help.
0: No, that's perfect.
1: So I'm going to leave all of that information in the show notes. Uh, and and yeah, if anyone is
0: interested, yeah, go and check out learneasy.com, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's, the easy part is spelled, we couldn't afford the real easy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's E-E-Z-E eE.com. So perfect, perfect. Yeah. Do you have any final words
0: for English learners? maybe some words of, of motivation or something that you would would like them to know from a teacher
1: to to, uh, to a student? Well, I would just say, find a way to make your learning process or your learning journey fun and enjoyable for you. Uh, incorporate it into a hobby or that you enjoy uh, especially with language learning if you have something where you know you're an avid sailor maybe look at some youtube videos on sailing in the language that you're trying to learn in english and so on because uh, if it's not fun then you're not going to stick to it and uh, the the idea that learning has to be uh, uh, a chore I, i i don't subscribe to that so just just. To, like you said before, motivation has to be intrinsic so that you can reach your goal. So just make sure learning is fun for you. That's my my key piece of information. Have fun, guys. Yes. You heard it from Patrick.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Patrick. Oh, no problem, George. It was fun to talk to another English teacher. I don't have colleagues in my day-to-day life, so connecting with people who do something similar to me makes me feel like I'm not alone. I hope you learned something new and that you'll be motivated to continue your English learning. I'm interested to get your answers to the following question. What do you like about the English language? If you enjoyed this episode, send the link to one of your friends on WhatsApp today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. If you're looking to improve your business English, check out my website for one-on-one lessons. You can click on the link in the show notes for more information. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal!